Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. <laughs> okay, so you cannot use products that have hydroquin... <laughs> Hydroquinone. Hydro Why can't I say quinone. it? It's like a brain fart. Say it. Just say it. Hydroquinone. Yeah, Hydro good job. Hydroquinone. Okay. You cannot use products that have hydroquinone in it. Spirolactone. Spirolactone. Spironolactone. Spironolactone. This is my Shiseido. Okay. Spironolactone. Spironolactone. Oh. Like Ron. Ron. Did you dance with that girl at bed? <laughs> I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Every week we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests, and review our favorite beauty products of the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles. Welcome Glamgelinos. We Ooh. hope you stay a while. <laughs> cute. That's cute. Hey Kirby. Hey. Did you hear that? We have a hotline. You used to call me on my cell phone. <laughs> I know. I really wanted to put that song on the Instagram stories, and I was like, I feel like maybe it's a little too on the nose, but a missed opportunity, I feel. We'll have more chances. I put Mr. Telephone Man as my song in my Instagram stories. That was a really, really good choice. But you guys, we have a hotline. Hotline times. It's official because we really want to talk to you guys more than we already are through Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We want to actually hear your voices. So we set up this hotline. You guys can call us anytime. You could even text us, we just learned, which is so cool. It's 424-341-0426. You guys, please call us. We've received like a few messages already and we love Love hearing what you guys have to say, all of your questions. And again, text us anytime too. Of course, we'll be checking our Instagram messages. I sound like an old. We'll be checking our DMs and our Facebook messages. So you can continue to leave questions and messages through that as well. But call us. Give us a call. Also, this is my formal request for any Glamgelino that listens to this podcast and knows how to make music. I want a Woif, What's on Your Face jingle, and I would also like a hotline jingle and maybe a beauty news jingle. Great. Can someone please make that happen for us? Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Would absolutely love to see it. All right, that being said, we've got some questions to answer. So when we pulled the Facebook group, y'all said that your favorite episodes were just the episodes between myself and Sarah, which we are humbled by this lovely compliment. 
because of course we've had some amazing guests on this podcast, but the fact that y'all just want it to be the two of us, Q Will Smith, just the two of us. I mean, it's why we started. So thank you guys. Yes. It's so weird that we have guests. Like, remember when Daniel Martin came on and we were like, oh my God, we have a guest. I know. He just took a chance on us. He was so kind, but he saw it. He knew that we had more to offer and he saw the potential in us. And now look at us. We're really trying to make our little Hollywood dreams come true. (laughs) (laughs) So the first question, Sarah, is from the hotline. Hi, good morning. Uh, My name is Alicia and I have a question about retinols. I'm currently 27 years old and I've been told mixed things about when I should start using retinol, like the appropriate age. I've heard like, oh, I should be using retinol, which I currently do use. I use the Sunday Riley one or I'm still too young. So yeah, just general questions about when someone should start incorporating retinol into their skin, evening skincare routine. Thank you. Have a nice day. What a polite message. So polite. So polite. Thank you, Alicia, for calling. And also, what a great question. Yeah, and I love that she mentioned evening skincare routine because while you can wear retinol during the day, I think it's just easier to cut your losses and do it at night. Right. She seems to be a very educated beauty consumer already. She's using Sunday Riley. She knows that she should be using it in the evening, like you said, Kirby. And you are using it in your mid to late 20s, which you already answered your first question, which is what age you should start using retinol. Obviously, this is a very personal question. You can start using it whenever you think you start to see early signs of aging or if you want to prevent signs of aging. That said, that usually happens around your mid-20s to early 30s. I don't think that I was like using retinol regularly until probably... 30. Maybe I should have started using it earlier. I don't know. But yeah, I think like mid 20s to early 30s is a good time to start. Would you agree, Kirby? Yes. Okay. So now in terms of like how to introduce it into your routine, I feel like we've talked about this a lot in previous episodes, but just a reminder, you should introduce it at a low percentage slowly and gently into your routine. So I would suggest what dermatologists and experts have told us is one to two times a week at first in the evening. Then you should also think about if you're exfoliating a lot or, you know, if you're exfoliating two to three times a week, try to not use the retinol the day before you exfoliate because it makes your skin a little bit more sensitive and maybe not on the same evening as well. Yeah, I think it depends. Like, I know that there are some products that are formulated to include things like retinol with, like, lactic acid. It really depends on the product. So, obviously, read the directions. They'll indicate how you should use it. But if you have two separate, let's say, like, serums and one is a retinol and one is a glycolic acid, I would say alternate days. I think that's great. Great tip. You should also... If you are using retinol, be wearing sunscreen daily, but you should already be wearing sunscreen daily. I don't know how many times we need to say someone, if there's a glandulin out there who like had a lot of time on their hands, could like splice um, every time we've suggested to our listeners to wear sunscreen and it would be like, 
Wear sunscreen. Just wear sunscreen every day. Wear sunscreen. Just wear sunscreen. Wear it. Love it. Embrace it. Here's the thing. Retinol doesn't make you more photosensitive to the sun, but the reason why you want to wear sunscreen is because you don't want to ruin all of the work that the retinol has been doing. Exactly. Like, what is the point? So wear sunscreen. Wear sunscreen. You might experience some side effects. The, what is it, Kirby? Retinol uglies? Uglies. The retinol uglies. So some dryness, some mild irritation. But if you are experiencing like a lot of burning or intense flaking on your skin, really, really intense redness, you probably are using a retinol that's too strong for your skin or maybe your skin is maybe too sensitive for retinol. Um, So I would suggest not using it and to speak to your dermatologist about the right percentage of retinol you should be using or maybe they might suggest you shouldn't be using retinol at all there are lots of other alternatives that you could be using you don't have to use retinol actually I'm gonna plug a little article on refinery right now that Rachel Krauss wrote I feel like Rachel woke up and chose chaos it's called the anti-retinol movement it's not chaos it's very well researched and she's not trying to start shit but it is It's really, really great. You should read it, Kirby. And she basically interviewed Dr. Sturm. She interviewed Charlotte Palermino. She interviewed Michelle Ranavat. And it's all basically about why they all don't use retinol in any of the products that they make. And also how there's just the industry, I feel like over the past couple of years have been like shoving retinol in our faces very heavily and how some brands and people are taking a step back and why that is. Um, I don't want to like give away the article because I obviously want you guys to drive traffic towards refinery. So please read it. But there's some really interesting points she makes also points about like bakuch oil and how, you know, even on this podcast, we've talked about how it is like, quote unquote, the natural alternative to retinol. But they haven't really studied it long enough to prove that it can really do the same thing as retinol. Well, that's like what I was going to say. There are retinol alternatives, but it's like there isn't enough scientific backed evidence to prove this. And the reason why the industry has pushed retinol, not just the past couple of years, but forever, is because there is proof of how it works. It is one of the only ingredients that can actually help with the signs of aging. Exactly. So I think that you don't need retinol, right? Right. And I was going to say, Rachel uses retinol and is like a fan. I think that there was just this trend that we're seeing, especially with like people being big fans of of Dr. Sturm. A lot of people talking about like anti-inflammation and yet they are, you know, using a lot of retinol in their day-to-day. Yeah, please read it. But Kirby, I cut you off. What were you saying? I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Okay. (laughs) It's a controversial topic. That being said, I am a fan of retinol. I can't use it right now because I'm still breastfeeding. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to start putting it on my face as soon as I am done feeding my child. I get this amazing compounded retinol cream from Facile here in LA. My derm, Dr. Samulitis who I trust with all things aging and melasma. She makes this thing that has been coined the Vegas cream. 
And it's like retinol, like a, a retinoid, tretinoin, kojic acid, and a few like lightning. Oh, I think hydroquinone is actually in it. So I know that's a little controversial. And maybe I think one other product. But if you have melasma and you go see Dr. Samulitis, she prescribed you this cream. And we call it the Vegas cream because she had to get it compounded in Vegas at this Vegas pharmacy. And then they would ship it to you. Oh, oh my gosh. I was like, oh, is it because you your skin wins big? Hits the jackpot? Honestly, I want her to make a skincare line and have a Vegas cream because I would buy anything that said the Vegas cream. I think that's the fucking best name ever. And so <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to... Oh, anyways, I used the Vegas cream last week. I was trying a couple other products, so I couldn't use it for a while. And my skin flaked. And I remember the next day... I was looking at my skin. I'm like, why is my skin so flaky? And I'm like, oh shit, I forgot. I used the Vegas cream last night. And then I feel like this week my skin just looks like so bouncy and so amazing. So I don't know. I'm definitely not like I've tried Bacuchiol products and like retinol, ret alternatives, and I just don't ever see the results. So I agree. You don't have to use retinol or retinoid. You don't need to use that for great skin by any means. But I have seen, I've personally experienced it. So that's why I love retinol. I a thousand percent have noticed the change in my skin over the last, how long has Zoe been here and I've been pregnant? Like the last year and a half that I haven't been using retinol. Like I'm all of a sudden starting to see like, and of course there can be like lots of factors to this, the fact that I'm like more dehydrated and maybe I'm not sleeping as much, but I know that it also has to do with the fact that I can't use retinol. So yeah, I mean, you guys know, we're like team retinol over here and Alicia, you're doing a great job and hopefully this answered some of your questions. Totally. Okay, this next question is actually from our Instagram page. It's from Z 15 She asks, when to put on mineral and or chemical sunscreen are both after moisturizer. So I believe when one of our first episodes, we talked about skincare order. And I remember this very vividly because I'm pretty sure I was at Disney World when this episode went, <laughs> went live because I remember sitting in a cafe at the Four Seasons Orlando, like trying to make an Instagram post outlining all of the steps before I went and had my big adventure during the day. So there was one thing, and I think we've mentioned this in a past episode, that we needed to correct if you listen to that episode and you hear us talking about chemical and physical sunscreens, I think we said, and I need to go back and listen, I think we said that you apply chemical sunscreens before your moisturizer and you apply physical sunscreens after. Hear it here first. We are correcting that piece of information because as we all do, we learn and evolve and more research is found and more experts come out with these statements. Sunscreen should just be the last step in your skincare routine before your makeup. So apply that moisturizer and then go in with your physical or chemical sunscreen. It doesn't matter which one you use. The best sunscreen for you is the sunscreen that you wear consistently and reapply. I was just going to say, I remember we said that in that episode and I remember you and I were sort of like, we went back and forth on it before we said it on the pod because I feel like I same with you like had used chemical sunscreen after moisturizer before 
I mean, it's just confusing. Like you said, like there's lots of research that has been done since recording that episode. I feel like sunscreen is just like, it's a cluster and it makes the news every single week. Well, because the reason why we said that was because it had come out by some formulator or expert or whatever that we had been basically fact-checking with. Someone said, and not someone, I, I don't say someone. It's not like we saw one tweet and decided this was the way it no, was. No, 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 it was no. Like, we had done research. Yes. So it was that chemical sunscreens allegedly needed to be closer to the skin because they quote-unquote absorb UV rays and that physical sunscreens block them and like bounce them off yeah so they needed it be on top of your moisturizer to do that we have since learned that actually both of these these UV protectors they work in the same way for the most part so that's why they can be last and I think that's just really the simplest way yes put it on last put it on before you leave the house I think that what it gets confusing when people start thinking about their makeup. So that obviously gets really confusing. But yes, just remember the last step of your skincare routine. Correct. And on that note, we have another episode of the glossary coming up later this month that we will answer every sunscreen question known to man, plus give you a background on SPF and UV filters and when they became regulated and all that good stuff. So stay tuned for that later in the month. All right, at Boldly Lauren asks, what inspires you both regarding beauty? What do you hope to see brought forth by the industry? Wow, Lauren, just bringing the heat in this mailbag episode. I mean, if I was like trying to think of the most succinct way to answer this question, and I would say inclusivity and diversity, one, accessibility, two, and innovation three those are like the things that I feel like I get most excited about and look for when I am one reporting about beauty and creating content about beauty and two just like really excited and like follow those are the things that I'm looking out for yeah if I'm choosing to cover something the first thing I always look for is like if it is a product that has to cater to a specific skin type or skin tone is it really diverse enough does this feel like a money grab tokenism all of that stuff so I feel like that's a given like any beauty editor before they cover something like usually is going through and going okay is this like some measly product offering like does it cater to every person or not okay it doesn't no we're not going to cover it and is it doing so in an authentic genuine way like Kirby said or is it just a money grab yep but for me when I get really excited about a product it's either innovative or it's fun the most exciting launch I can remember there's two that come to mind the Kosas brow launch was exciting to me because I felt like the products just were fun they looked fun they worked really well the marketing around them really got me excited that was exciting to me and then this Vacation Ink sunscreen perfume brand from Pool Suite. I'm all in. Nostalgia, 80s, sunscreen, that stuff gets me really hyped up. Yeah, you make a really great point because I think in the last year, the conversation about beauty has gotten really serious. 
which I think it should be because we really should be focusing on making the industry more inclusive and accessible for everyone and make products for those communities who normally have not been given access to. However, beauty is fun. I just want to have fun. I want to have fun. Beauty is joyful. It's a way to express your creativity. It's a way to express yourself. With the Kosas launch too, it's like... It's a really great product and we love the brow gel and the pencil, but it's not like Sheena, you know, reinvented the wheel here. She wanted to make her best version of a brow product and do it in a very fun way and she nailed it. So I think there's a lot to be said about like, while we do really appreciate innovation, if you really feel like you are offering the best version of the best formula or the best version of some product that you really love, like we would love to see that and we would love to know what that looks like. Yeah, I I think there's plenty of products that have been made and were the first, but then somebody else made it better. Exactly. That's what I think like gets me most excited. I want to have like, because I'm constantly consuming so much negative content through like keeping tabs on every beauty scandal that's happening and every content creator drama I don't want to buy a product because somebody like scared me into buying it as opposed to another product oh my god no sometimes I just don't need a dissertation about why I'm using a moisturizer I'm using a moisturizer because it feels good and it makes my skin better you know what I mean no I totally understand that and I think that's why too TikTok has become so huge in like beauty is because Gen Z is just having so much fun with it I think it's really important to like the education part of course and like knowing where these trends stem from historically culturally yes yes but Let's us have fun with some lipstick too. Also, intention is really important to me. If you're sending out a product like every two or three months, I'm like, why am I excited about this? Is it just because like, and I know that retailers have a big part to do with this because retailers demand so much of brands. So if you notice that a brand is coming out with a product so often, a lot of times it's because their retailer is like not letting them not totally put out a product, which sucks. We don't need to mention like, or name the brands that are doing this. But you know, you know when a brand is partnered with a retailer and they're just putting out a very similar product that they just put out three months ago. And you're like, I feel like you just did this. Yeah, I mean, really the PSA here is retailers. Yeah. Like cut the shit, yeah. please. Love ya, but people are becoming more savvy. Like we are over it. We're sick of these boring launches because they have to meet demand, you know? Right, especially in this time where we're talking about sustainability as well, you know? Exactly. (laughs) I hope that that probably wasn't as inspirational to Lauren as she thought it might be. Lauren's like, wow, you guys have a lot to unpack here. We do, Lauren, we do. Yeah. But obviously we love beauty otherwise. We wouldn't be doing this twice a week, every week. Yay, fun beauty. (laughs) Can you tell we're we're having fun? Love Mo with two E's says, can you suggest products to avoid while pregnant? First time mama with a cute little emoji. Congratulations, first of all. 
Second of all, we did a really great episode with Joyce Park, who is at T with MD on Instagram, and she is also on TikTok. She is a Stanford NYU trained dermatologist. She is also a mommy of one cute little boy. And we had her on the podcast last May when I announced that I was pregnant. I feel like I get so many messages about how helpful that episode is. So at Love Mo, please go listen to that episode. But I am just going to like run through some general takeaways to remember from Dr. Park. And this is actually straight from our episode and then a blog post that she wrote. So I will provide the link. But in general, don't use topical retinol, retinoids, which I was just talking about. You cannot use products that have minoxidil, which is found in Rogaine or other hair growth products. You should avoid products that have hydroquinonin and then, how do you say this? Spironolactone. Okay. It's hydroquinone. Why did I say quinonin? That's someone's last name. (laughs) And spironolactone. Okay. That was when I said quinonin. I was like, I think that's someone's last name. It is. Who is it? Kinnonin. Sarah (laughs) Kinnonin. Okay, so you cannot use products that have hydroquinone. <laughs> hydroquinone. Hydro- Why can't I say quinone. it? It's like a brain fart. Say it. <laughs> Just say it. Hydroquinone. Yeah, Hydro- good job. Hydroquinone. Okay. You cannot use products that have hydroquinone in it. Spirolactone. Spirolactone. Spironolactone. Spironolactone. This is my Shiseido. Okay. Hydroquinone. It's quin. Say hydroquinone. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even. Hydroquinone. Hydroquinone. Yes. You really want to get the qui in there. You really want to get the qui in there. Hydroquinone. And spironolactone. You put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Okay. Like, like kaplow? <laughs> okay, listen. I have already admitted that I cannot say many, many words properly. Spironolactone. Spironolactone. No? Spironolactone. Spironolactone. Oh. Like Ron. Ron. Did you dance with that girl at bed? Ron. Spironolactone. (laughs) Hydroquinone and spironolactone. All right, guys. I'm so glad we're recording this. Like, <laughs> I, I, the joy I have right now. Oh, my God. All right. So you can't use products that have hydroquinone. Quinone. You want to kill me? <laughs> keep going. Just keep going. Spironolactone and doxycycline antibiotics, as well as Accutane. Oh, my Lord. I, Bravo. Do you think I'm the only one who can't say hydroquinone? I don't know why you want to emphasize qui so bad. Hydroquinone. Hydroquinone. Think of my little baby dog. Little quinone. She should be that for Halloween. Hydroquinone. <laughs> yeah. Hydroquinone and spironolactone. Good enough. Just don't, don't put it on your skin. Also, avoid strong acids. Although AHAs and BHAs are generally safe, 
if they're lower than 20%, and then salicylic acid is okay if it's lower than 2%. And then you should also avoid chemical peels. Do not be getting any of those treatments. Jury is still out on sunscreen. However, when I was pregnant, I used mineral sunscreen, and that is also what Dr. Park suggests. Self-tanner is apparently okay to use as well. So of course, all of that to say, please speak to your doctor if you are pregnant, just to make sure if you are wondering about any specific beauty product that you want to be using while you are pregnant. All right, from Viva Mertlick in the Facebook group, she says, this is to our Glam Jolinos, but we're chiming in here. You guys, I hate concealer, but I want a serum concealer that works for little blemishes or dark spots and under eye without creasing and is good for skin and I can wear without foundation. Any suggestions? My thought is you should be using two different products. You should be using a skincare product to target your under eye and then a good concealer. So this is what I want to say. I don't know where this narrative that like your makeup should also be skincare came from. I don't want my makeup to be skincare. I don't want pigment to go deep into my skin like my skincare can, right? Yes. The reason that Viva is asking is because there has been such a push for skincare infused makeup products. And I know like, you know, some brands like, for example, Michelle Fawn, like M Cosmetics, talks a lot about how there's, you know, hyaluronic acid in the cushion compact or lip moisturizing benefits to their lip products, which is fine and great. But like to Kirby's point, I don't think that you should be choosing a makeup product because you want to skip a skincare step or because it's or use it and expect to see, you know, a change in your skin. Yes. We get pitches all day about cosmetic brands that are launching and they have these like great skincare ingredients in them. And I'm like, who cares? Literally, who cares? I would love to see any type of like well-researched document or clinical result where people who wore a specific under eye concealer for like eight weeks straight actually saw any benefit having not used any other skincare product under their eye. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. I just don't think that it matters. If you're concerned about a skin or a makeup product being good for your skin, Look for oil-free if you're really concerned about that. Most makeup products now, I feel like, are formulated to be non-comedogenic, right? But in general, like, makeup is their cosmetics. They're meant to cover. And they're not meant to provide value outside of that. I personally like to separate them. So if I could give you a recommendation, it's not a serum concealer. I actually think serum concealers tend to be more oily and break me out. They make my skin worse. That or they don't stay put. Yeah, they move around. Yep, they move around. They're like more watery. You should just be doing your skincare routine, which includes an eye cream, and then move on to your concealer along with the rest of your makeup. At the end of the day, you want to wash your makeup off, right? Totally. So In terms of recommendations, there are three concealers. So I've talked about this a little bit in the past. 
but I rarely use foundation these days. Like if I know I'm going to be on camera or being photographed, I definitely put on a full face with concealer and foundation. But usually I just take a concealer. There are so many amazing concealers that are lightweight, super blendable, and can be perfectly color matched to your skin tone that I don't think that you need to like pair it with a foundation. I am still using Armani Luminous Silk Concealer. I have all the shades. If my skin's super pale, I use the paler colors. When I tan, I have warmer shades. It's a perfect concealer, especially for under eye, in my humble opinion. Like I am starting to get lines under my eyes and I feel like it rarely creases, if at all. I love Kosas Revealer Concealer. I think that's an amazing concealer for under eye. I also love that product. It brightens and it does not crease. And I feel like it's lightweight, but it's not so lightweight that it moves around a ton. Like I rarely have to set it. And one thing that I don't like to do is powder under my eyes. Like I never want to do that. So I'm just a big fan of that. And then lastly, the piece de resistance of creamy, beautiful concealers, NARS Radiant Creamy Concealer. and love that stuff. And if you have melasma, get their soft matte concealers in the pot. I will like spackle my forehead with that stuff. And it's truly incredible. So yeah, and I'm sure like all three of those products somewhere on the website mention that they have some type of skincare ingredient in it. I feel like it's just <laughs> also retailers urging brands to be like, what is your skincare angle? Because we have to talk about it. But yeah, Kirby said it best and right. Just separate the two. Yeah, and I'm looking at Revealer Concealer. It says that it has caffeine and pink algae to brighten arnica and pro-vitamin B5 to soothe and then peptides and hyaluronic acid. But that's not why you're using it, hopefully. Not you, but like in general, the average consumer. You're using it because it's a good product that works. Yes, this is like one of their standout. Has to be one of their best-selling products. It's incredible. I love it. All right, those are our thoughts on concealer, Viva. I hope this helped. And last but not least, we have an amazing question. From C-H-E-R-M-I-F-O-X, Kermafox? Kermafox? No, like, that's not a fox. What does a fox, oh, what does the fox say? Kermafox. <laughs> <laughs> Kermafox. The Glamgelinos want merch. It is not a question, it is a demand. Wow. And we are here to tell you that it's coming. It is coming. We promised you merch and we are going to make sure that we keep our promise. But we would like to know, what kind of merch would you guys like? Like, would you wear a Los Angeles bucket hat? Would you wear a Los Angeles sweatshirt? Do we like a tote bag situation? Would you want like a makeup bag? A spa headband? Would you want driving gloves a visor a patch a pin i'm like trying to think about like my favorite merch you know what i want what i want personally from us i want hair clips that pull your hair out of your face when you're washing and one that says gloss angeles yes angeles will be really long or we could do like ga over here and then woif yes or it could be like a cartoon drawing of your face and then my face. I also thought it would be cute to make merch that promotes sunscreen. So like SPF flirty. Oh, cute. That's cute, right? 
SPF flirty. Oh, that's really cute. So yeah, please call us on our hotline. Leave us a DM. Text, text us. us. Talk about it in the Facebook group. Tweet us. What other way can they communicate with us, Kirby? Email. Send us a messenger via bird. Tell us what kind of merch you want. Yes. All right. That's the end of our mailbag for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Y'all, I know that we've mentioned this, but it really does help. So Apple is kind of like the gold standard when it comes to podcasts, even though personally I listen to Spotify. Spotify is my go-to for everything, podcasts, music, all that. But because of how the charts work, everyone seems to care about Apple. So if you love this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. The more reviews that we receive, it not only helps like bump our podcast to other people that may be interested in listening to beauty podcasts, but it may also help Apple to feature us on their homepage. So really you're just helping us out. We do this as a hobby. It's something that we love to do and we would love any support that y'all can show us. So you know where to find us on social, at Los Angeles Pod everywhere. Join our Glam Julino Facebook group. If you were recently in the group, you signed up to be a part of a Dove giveaway. And I know that a bunch of Glam Julinos received their press kits with the three Dove products. It's like so cute to see everybody posting about them. So if you want more opportunities like that, we actually have a really exciting opportunity coming up this summer with a product that is from a brand that we both love that you'll get before it launches. Join the Facebook group. Just search Los Angeles and join the Glam Julino Facebook group. We will talk to y'all on Tuesday. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.